This message is brought to you by this excellent church. We excel at reshaping people's values and reconciling men to God. You're about to hear peace and preach. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Hello, hello everybody. I hope we are all doing fine. Good morning. Morning, everybody. Praise God. All right. Um. So um, I don't know if someone can post on um on the on this page that um the that YouTube broke, so they should refresh and go to the current live stream. But I think it will still be on that one. So we can refresh. Maybe after the service, we just delete that one that got truncated. We had internet problems. Um, the internet here is unreliable. It is um, part of the Nigerian situation. We sincerely apologize for all those that are following us. So, but I, I th- it's it's still good that um, we're able to get it right. We're just when the message is starting. So, at least that way, we'll be able to have a a complete um, service from the word session. Praise God. So we apologize. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, so, today we are finishing the series on finding purpose, and I've tagged this last message, Purpose by Faith. Praise God. Purpose by Faith. Um, the temptation to do so much recapping is so strong, and I want to do my best to go straight into the, into the message. Hebrews chapter 10. Help me, join me and check out... Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 7 says, Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. I have come to do your will. Somebody say, I have come to do your will. Say, my purpose, I was created to do your will. Hallelujah. So, purpose is to do. Purpose is to do. That's what we are created for purpose is to do. Our purpose is to do something. Our purpose is to do something. We have come to do something. You know, the writer of Hebrews is speaking inspiredly about um, Jesus here and he's talking about, you know, speaking inspiredly about Jesus. The reason why anybody has come is to do. And what have we been called to do? To do his will. So purpose is not highfalutin is not a strange concept it is not um, something that you have to pray and fast and pray and fast to know what it is purpose is clear it is to do his will your purpose is to do his will somebody say my purpose is to do the will of God Ephesians chapter 2 Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 it says for we are his workmanship we are his tools. We are his masterpiece. We are fashioned for this sake. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are created entities. 
created in order to do good works. You were created to do good works. He had prepared it before, you know, beforehand so that we can walk in them. So you were created to do good works. Somebody say, I was created to do. I was created to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's look at another scripture. Philippians chapter 2. From verse 12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. Praise God. The work that God is doing in us is to enable us to will and then to do what? Do of his good pleasure. So purpose is to do. Purpose is not to have stuff. Purpose is not to have a status. Purpose is not to be a big man. Your purpose is not to be a doctor. Your purpose is not to be a lawyer. Your purpose is not to be a CEO. Your purpose is not to be a president. Your purpose is not to be a governor. Your purpose is not even to be a pastor or to be an apostle. Your purpose is to do the will of God. Hallelujah. God orders our steps into situations, into positions, into places where we can have access to people and to creation in order to do the will of God. God orders our steps. God gives us places. God can order our steps and put us in positions. You know, give us statuses, give us locations, geographical locations, social locations, where we can have access to people and to all of of God's creation, right? Where we can do the purpose of God. Those situations that God gives us are what we call our platforms. They are not our purpose, but they are the platforms that God enables us to do our purpose. So your purpose is not to be a pastor, but being a pastor is a platform where you can do the will of God. Hallelujah. Your purpose is not to be a president, but being a president is a platform where you can stand to do the will of God. And what is the will of God? What is the will of God from all the counsel of God? We looked through all the scriptures and we saw that firstly, before the fall of man, the will of God was for all creation to flourish. Therefore, God gave man the purpose to do something. And what was that? To steward creation so that it can flourish. But man fell. Man fell. Man became separated from God. The image that God had on him became defaced. So for man to be able to do what God actually wanted him to do, God now had a new priority. And what is the new priority that man had? The new priority that man had is to get men back into fellowship with God. Is to get men back to be reconciled with God. Because if men are not reconciled with God, there's no point for everything. Of all of God's creation, all of the things that God has created, which God has created in such a way that they can demonstrate the image of God in different degrees, 
man is the one that best demonstrates that image. Man is the one that is fashioned most like the Lord. So, if man is not reconciled to God, every other thing pales in comparison. If all of creation is flourishing, but men are not reconciled to God, it's of little value in the scheme of things. But when men is reconciled to God, when men are reconciled to God, and creation is flourishing, yeah, that is the will of God. Praise God. So, the will of God is to bring men back to the knowledge of Christ, to reconcile men back to God, to bring man back in fellowship with God, and to enable creation to flourish. And to enable creation to flourish. All of God's creation, from civilization to all created entities, it is the purpose of God that all those things flourish. So, as we are bringing man back to the nature of Christ, we also have an obligation to do the will of God, which is to enable creation to flourish. That is the will of God. Hallelujah. So we know what the purpose of God for us is. We know what platforms are that God gives us to enable us to do the will of God. And then, God now gives us gifts. Gifts are capacities and abilities that will enable us to do that purpose of God. They can be natural gifts that we are born with, right? They can be um, gifts that we can acquire along the way. We, can, we are born with some, we acquire some. Some are material, some are immaterial. All these gifts, different kinds, spiritual gifts, charismatic gifts, some physical material gifts, all these gifts come together to enable us to do the purpose of God. Hallelujah. And we talked about it extensively last week Sunday. Praise God. First so I want to crown everything up. First Corinthians chapter 3. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master Please, builder, you are not to the other I parts. lay Please a do, foundation really and someone else is building on it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. So did you see that? Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Listen. Before I go ahead to say what I want to say today about faith and working in the purpose of God, I feel it's important for me to really drive this point home. And the point is this. Our purpose is to do the will of God. And there may be that feeling of we are just here to do the will of God. That's all we are meant to do. And um, we are just slaves in the hands of the master. We are pens in the hand of the creator. It's all about doing the will of God. And that is correct, right? 
But see, I want to drive something home because if God is if God is not more than just a slave master, Kija, are you with me? If God is not more than just a slave master but a father, you will never be stable. You will never be effective. If God is just a slave master, if God is just that guy that wants us to do his purpose, just between my purpose, nothing else matters. He doesn't care about you. Just between my purpose. That's what matters. That's the way of looking at it, right? And truly, if you want to look at it like that, God has the right to do that, isn't it? Abi, Abi is the one that created you. Has anybody here made a laptop or bought a laptop and the day the laptop is opening eye for him? That uh, he wants to do something. What do you guys, you, I mean, imagine your laptop opening eye for you that um, 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 I don't like what you're using me for. Of course not, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's okay. However, however, the will of God for us is more than that. I mean, I did an explanation some, some weeks ago. Um, I want, to make, I, want to, I want to reiterate that explanation. Our purpose is to do the will of God. But the will of God must be something that is sweet to you. It's not something that you see as a mere burden. It must be something that you are zealous to do. It must be something that gives you joy to do. It must be something that you are instant to do. Your focus must be to do the will of God which we have explained thoroughly. Your purpose must be to do the purpose of God. Your purpose must be, I want to do the will of God. But that doing the will of God is something that will bring you great joy. It's something that you should be zealous to do. Firstly, because, and I explained um, some weeks ago, that see, every kind of pleasure, every kind of good feeling, that we get every kind of pleasure that we have in this world or that we see always comes when purpose is consummated all pleasure is the consummation of purpose it is when the purpose of something has been actualized that that thing feels what we call pleasure church all together ears are created to hear and to receive sounds. The mind is created to, you know, is given to us, consciousness is given to us to create order out of chaos. That's why whenever you see order in a place, you cannot look at all these benches and all these chairs and this floor and this keyboard and tell yourself that everything came here by random chance or someone threw wood, threw plastic, threw all kinds of things and shake this house very, 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 very well or shake the floor very, 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 very well and after shaking it one trillion, 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 trillion times, everything settled and brought this together. If they tell you that, will you believe? Why? Because in every of human experience, whenever we see complex order, whenever we see complex compound order, we know that consciousness has been involved in that thing. It takes agency, it takes consciousness to bring order out of chaos, isn't it? Are we together? Mariwa, do you agree with me? So, if human mind is created to bring order out of chaos, listen to follow, this will help you. If the human mind, if all consciousness, like we share with God, is created to bring order out of chaos, 
the human ears are created to perceive sound and the human mind is created to bring order out of chaos the combination of those purposes that's an ear that hears and a mind that appreciates order the combination of all that is what happens when we hear music so music is the orderly arrangement of notes if you're hearing bang 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 you say it's noise because it's chaos chaos you call it noise it's annoying but when someone puts the tunes one after the other you put the notes after one of one of the other in an orderly way in a complex way your ear picks it up it is fulfilling its purpose your mind which wants to hear order out of chaos is fulfilling is you know is doing that also that combination is the pleasure that we hear when we hear music so when you hear music music is sweet to you do you get that do you appreciate that so the beauty of music comes in the consummation of purpose for our ears and our minds when we eat and we enjoy the food and we say this food is good and you have fine dining why the purpose of your entire gi tract your gastrointestinal system is to receive sustenance to strengthen your body so when food consummates that that is when your gi fulfills its purpose it releases that thing we call pleasure that this food has been sweet so you feel the pleasure of eating well hallelujah the 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 product of our minds the essence of our minds and our reproductive organs is to create after its kind and to bond with the person that god will have us bond with so when a person is in the sexual act with another person the combination of all those things the combination of reproduction and our minds for bonding is what gives us the pleasure of sex so pleasure always comes when the purpose of something is consummated hallelujah do you know what this means for us that means that if your purpose is to do the will of god if your purpose is to do the will of god at that day on that day when that purpose is consummated when jesus standing when we are standing before jesus and jesus tells us you have done well you have done well my faithful servants that day when the will of god that we're created to do when we actually do it and that doing is culminated in the reward that jesus gives us the pleasure that we will feel that day in heaven will be more than all the pleasure that this earth can ever afford every pleasure that we have in this earth that we feel in this earth will be nothing in comparison to that pleasure that's why the apostles were obsessed with doing the will of god because there's a crown set ahead of them when jesus was with them they had a taste of it of what it is to be with the son and for the son to validate you jesus's validation will be greater than the validation of 20 million followers all liking your posts because it will be the ultimate consummation of who you are it will be better than a million lifetimes of a million sex it will be better than a million lifetimes of a million fine dinings it will be better than a million lifetimes of a million fine music or whatever it is in this world because it it will be the ultimate consummation of the purpose of god for you 
Hallelujah. So, doing the will of God should be your purpose. Should be your focus. Think purpose as you are right now. Look at your life and look at what the purpose of God is. And that, let that be your focus. Your focus is not just to exist like an animal. Let's go to school, let's graduate, and you're just a higher level of a, a puppy or a dog that is just living for its own pleasures. You are more than that. You must think of yourself. Think of your life in, in the picture of what the Lord would have you do. You must be focus-oriented. You must be focus-oriented. You must not. You can't be thinking of your platforms and thinking of your gifts as if they are an end in themselves. You must think the purpose of God right where I am now. Is the aroma, the scent of the gospel of Christ, is it emanating from me to people around me? Am I winning men to Christ? All of creation that God has given me, that God has put in my hands, as God has, God has put in my hands, am I causing them to flourish? Am I stewarding them well? Don't think situation. Don't think platform. Don't think position. Don't think status. Don't think gifts. Think purpose. Church out together. Church out together. And that's the reason why Apostle Paul in this scripture that we just read tells us that, see, the quality of the building is in the how of the building. The quality of the building is in the how of the building, not the what's. So actually, what differentiates a building of gold and silver and gemstones from wood and hay is actually the how, not the what. So the quality of our building, the quality of the way we do the will of God is in how we do it, not what we do it. Not what we do. So what that means is that it's not just the fact that I am doing ministry. It's actually how you do ministry that will determine the quality of that ministry that you are doing before God. It's the how. It's the how. It's the how. So that's why one man, you know, let's use examples from the old. One man is offering sacrifices to God. And God has said, Levites are supposed to be the ones to offer sacrifices. Another man who is not a Levite will offer the same sacrifices and will be struck with leprosy. Why? Both of them are offering sacrifices. The what is the will of God, isn't it? Offering sacrifices to God is the what. It is ministry, so to speak. But one man did it and was blessed and one man did it and was, and was um, condemned for it. Why? Because the how they did it was different. One man did it according to the pattern that God has set. Another man did it contrary to the pattern that God has set. Do you understand that? So, the reward was based on the how, not the what. That is why understanding purpose, platforms, and gifts, the way the scriptures has laid it down, the way God has laid it down is of infinite importance. Church, are we together? Do you see that? Is of infinite importance. Do you know why? Because the how matters. The how matters. So, how you understand purpose, how you understand platforms, how you understand gifts is of infinite importance. Because if you understand it wrongly, how you will go about it will also be wrong. So that is why you can think 
and this is the difference between thinking of the gospel properly and permit me and I mean this with no offense right the gospel of kingdom takeover the difference is the how one sees purpose as doing the will of God and bringing men to Christ being the priority and causing creation to flourish being secondary another sees causing creation to flourish to be an end in itself so travel together it is not the what so causing creation to flourish and doing well is the will of God that's why if you look in the scriptures you will see some scriptures that will support your message do you understand that because if you look in the scriptures you will see scriptures that will support your message but it's not the what it's the how so your purpose is not to be you know the problem with the kingdom takeover ultimately is that what it results in is that it will begin to see platforms as a purpose in themselves so the kingdom takeover ultimately leaves reads to the message thinking of things like your purpose is to be the president if you are the president of Nigeria that is what it means to be until you become president of Nigeria you have not entered the purpose of God for your life that is how that is the reason why a wrong how leads to heresy so it's not the what really and truly don't dull it you know we've looked we'll look through all the scriptures so I don't need to recap so much right really and truly it is possible that the Lord will order your steps into the platform of being president but that is not your purpose is not your purpose it is only a platform where you can do things and that's why if you're not president you are still doing the will of god and that's why the president someone that is all the steps are ordered to be the president is not doing more than someone who is a cleaner do you know that someone who is the president of nigeria is not doing more purpose than someone who is just a student in primary six yes but that subconscious thing that makes us invite the chairman of First Bank, let's invite the MD of Zenith Bank, let's invite the ambassador of Nigeria to the Netherlands. Why? Because he's a believer and he has entered purpose. So he will come and tell us how to enter purpose. No, sir. Because your purpose is not your is not that is not that status, it's not that situation. Your purpose is to do the will of God. That is the reason why a man who is just a 200 level student who is doing the will of God where he is before God may be doing much more than a man who has a massive platform and is not doing what the Lord will have him do. I hear what I'm saying to you. That is why the way you understand this thing, how you understand purpose, how you understand platforms, how you understand gifts is everything. Because it is how you build that will determine whether you'll be a work of gold or a work of straw. How is everything? Church out together. Now, having said that, because I don't want to be all those pastors that will just ginger you with consecration message. Praise God. Right? Having said that, having said that, hmm? I explained to you that God is not a user. So as much as our focus is to do the will of God, that's our primary focus, is to do the will of God. Our God is not just a mere user. God has done it in such a way that if you are doing his will, there is some good that comes from it. There is some good that keeps us afloat, that keeps us alive. There are some benefits that come from doing the will of God. 
there are some privileges that come with doing the will of God. And that's why you see in all of God's schematic, one of the common things that you see is this. Every responsibility to do the will of God comes with privileges. Error comes when you try to enjoy the privilege without carrying the responsibility. God's value system is not like man's value system. In the world, when we think of positions, we think of them primarily as a place of privilege, as a place of power. But before God, every position, just like every platform, is primarily a place of responsibility to do the will of God. And the privilege is attending. That's why the burden on a man being the head of the home is that's why when people think of this whole submission marriage thing the first instinct is to think of being the man in the house as the head of the home as something somehow intrinsically preferable to being the wife in the home because all they are thinking is the privilege of being the head of the home but that's not how God thinks of things God thinks of things first as the responsibility in that position before the privileges. And that's why many times you can actually enjoy, the, you can do the responsibility and because of this broken world, the privilege does not come to you. To be the son of God, to sit at the right hand of the father means to suffer and carry the sins of the whole world. You cannot be forming I'm at the right hand of the father. I am, I am God. When it's time to carry the sins of the whole world, so that you will say, my father, my father, why are you forgetting me? You will not say, no, we're not doing pastor is not everybody worshiping down and saying there is none like unto you O Lord being a pastor is that you will labor over your people you will carry their nonsense and you will take all their rubbish so that when it's time for double honor you will not sit down and have special chair in front say let us call our papa celebrate grace celebrate grace Woo! <laughs> God thinks of every platform first as a responsibility before it is a privilege hallelujah Church, I put together. Now, having said all these things, having said all these things, and you know, having said all these things, there are some benefits that come with um, you know having platforms, having you know having platforms, having gifts, and you know, I've, I've said all that. But this is the point: hmm? if your desire is to do the purpose of God, if your desire is to do the will of God, I want you to trust me on this. It's not straightforward. It's not straightforward like that. Because when you want, when it's time to do the purpose of God, that's when you will know that there are curved balls. That's when you will know that there are many adversaries. Check out this scripture, First Corinthians chapter sixteen. First Corinthians chapter sixteen, I believe it's verse nine. It says, "For a wide door for effective work has been opened to me." And there are many adversaries. Hallelujah. See, in the in the pursuit of purpose, in the plan to do purpose, in the course of doing the purpose of God for your life, right? One of the things that you will find is that there will be adversaries. There will be curveballs. You know, the way we've said everything since has been theory, isn't it? Everything has been theory. We know what the purpose of God is. So let's do the purpose of God where you are now. That place where you are, that we said you are platform there. That place where you are. Hmm? The things that will not want you to do the purpose of God, that want you to just be standing on that platform and not be doing anything, there are plenty. The things that do not want you to do the will of God on that platform where you are, that situation where you are, 
God will order your steps to become a student, or God may order your steps to become the CEO of a tech company, or God may order your steps to become the local government chairman, or God may order your steps to even be the husband of somebody. Whatever platform God orders your steps to. I hear what I'm saying. You will be there, and a door, effectual door, is just another way of saying platform. And a situation, God has given you a situation, a place where you can do ministry or you can do the will of God, and the adversaries will hold your neck. The adversaries will hold your neck. Sometimes the gifts and capacities that you need to do the work, it will be like as if it's not coming. Sometimes adversaries will be so strong that because they see you faithful in one platform, God wants to order your steps into another platform where you can do more, where you have access to more people. You know what they will do? They will try to prevent you from entering that platform. You see what we've been saying since is the theory we've laid the foundation. But now actually doing it is not funny. That's why you'll be a student. God order your steps. you finish school. You enter a place of work. And God is one that you know how you got the job. You know it was supernatural. God has ordered your step. You are now in that place. And that place, God will have you reach out to your, to your cosmates. God will have you be a light. You, that the, 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 the server of the, of the gospel will be emanating from you. And people will be following you to Christ. But remember, they will block that, um, this thing, that uh, sense. The work that God has given you, the creation that God has given you, created entities that God has given you, the work of your hands that God has given you, that God wants you to do well and for you to flourish in it. You will just be having all kinds of unreasonable people and wicked people. They will not allow you to do the work well. This is the reason why you must understand faith in living in purpose. First John chapter 5. We know the scripture very well. First John chapter 5, verse 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our words, faith. It is by faith. It is by walking in faith in all our things that we will ensure that the things of God the purpose of God are being done that we can be effective that all the adversaries of this broken world all the things of this broken world that are there to prevent us from doing the purpose of God that we are able to overcome them it is by faith that we can overcome these things. It is by faith that you can be effective in doing the purpose of God for your life. That's why the scriptures at four different times from the old to the new re-emphasizes again that the just, the righteous shall do what? Live by faith. It is by faith that we are able to overcome. Hallelujah. It is by faith that we are able to live and do the purpose of God for us. It is by faith. So we must understand what faith is. And that is the reason why this is, that is the reason for this, you know, for this teaching today. You must understand what faith is. Because it's by faith that we'll overcome. Listen to me. If doing the will of God is, is our priority, if everything that we want to do 
is to do the purpose of God for us. If our focus is to do the will of God, like I explained to you guys last week, it is good that you desire platforms. If you are obsessed with doing the will of God, it is good. In fact, it is natural that you begin to desire platforms to do the same. So your desires are not legit, illegitimate. It is the how that matters. If you are desiring a platform because you see it as the essence of your life, you are wrong. But if you are desiring a platform so that you can use it to do the purpose of God, you are okay. So it is the how that is the problem. KG, do you hear what I just said now? Are you sure? So I don't want you to hear this entire message and see it as, um, I don't want to desire platforms. It's not good to desire to be president of Nigeria. It's not good to be desired to be a pastor. It's not good to desire to start a ministry. It's not good to desire to be an apostle. It's not good to desire to be the CEO of a tech startup. That's not the point though. The point is that your how in desiring it must be right. In the same way, we're not saying desiring gifts that will enable you to do the, the thing of God, um, that will enable you to do the purpose of God is wrong. But it is how you desire it. What you desire it for, that is the problem. So if you desire the gifts, wisdom, money, spiritual gifts, whatever gift, if you desire it not because they make you feel better than other people, as if they are the ones that give your life value in and of themselves, but you see them as something that will enable you to do the will of God. If you see money as a tool that will enable you to do the will of God and you are desiring it to do much more, you are okay. You, must, you should desire it. That's another place where faith comes in. Because if you are thinking about the purpose of God, if your mind is to do the will of God, one of the things the one of the things that will first happen to you is that you will begin to desire platforms and gifts that will enable you to do that purpose. Do you hear what I just said? Church, are you with me? Purpose consciousness, the will of God consciousness, when it is strong on you, it has the effect of causing you to begin to desire platforms and gifts to do the will of God. As long as you're not designing those things as if they are purpose in themselves, as long as you're not designing those things as gifts, as if they are a thing in themselves, right? You will need to desire those things. Listen to me, all of you. When this word has entered your body very well and you have the right value system concerning purpose, what I expect of you is to begin to desire platforms so that you can do more for God. I expect you to be able to desire work, the work of your hands, so that you can have to enjoy and to give to the needy. I don't expect you to see money as something that you will have for your own sake so that you can feel like a big man. I expect you to desire money so that you can have enough to give. I expect you to see the need. I expect you to see the work of God. I expect you to see things that God wants. I expect you to look at creation and see people that are in need, that God will have them flourish. I expect you to look at the ministry of the gospel and see the need that is required so that we can do the ministry of the gospel, so that we can need more, so we can do more. And then you can desire for the gift of money. I expect you to do that. That's why faith is important. I expect you to look at the decay in where you are that God has ordered your steps to. 
I expect you to see the decay in values. I expect you to see the decay that comes as a result of the fact that people don't know God. And desire that God will give you a door. That God will give you a platform where you can have the authority and the credibility to win men back to God. Joseph was never wrong to desire a place where he will be in authority and people will bow down to him. He was wrong in assuming that the essence of that thing was for people to bow down to him. When the Lord was done with him, it, 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 I use that example a lot because it's easy to get to people's minds. When the Lord was done with him, he now understood that that position was to enable him to what? Preserve the life of his people. So I expect you to look at a platform that will give you the ability to because you cannot preserve the life of people if you are not the prime minister of Egypt. You can't. The platform enables you to do it. That's why platforms are important. And anybody that tells you that platforms don't mean anything does not understand the scheme of things. It is God that orders people's steps into platforms. Did you not hear what Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10 and chapter 13? That it is God that gave us this authority so that we can be able to minister to you as apostles. It is God that orders the steps of people. Hallelujah. So, desire big things. The, the harvest, the work is plenty. The harvest is plenty. But the laborers are few. We cannot afford to be shrinking back from platforms. You hear what I just said now? You cannot afford there's no humility in not living and being able to do much for Christ. There's no humility in it. There's no humility in it. You can desire platforms to do well, to do more. See, but in desiring these things, in doing all these things, there will be adversaries, there will be challenges, there will be problems. That's why you must understand what faith is. Not all platforms are meant for you. You hear what I just said now? Hmm. Hmm. It's not every platform that you carry your head to. How do you know which is which? You can sincerely be thinking of the will of God. Like even we when we were younger, we have thought you can envision all kinds of things. And you will honestly believe that that platform that you desire will help you to do more of the will of God. And you may be wrong. You can be saying it based on your experience. You can be saying it based on the value system that they've taught you that those kinds of things enable you to do the purpose of God more. You might be saying it based on the conditioning that you've had from when you were small. From when you were a child that you did not even know that they were subliminally conditioning you. A lady can be sincerely, sincerely conditioned to believe that a good platform for marriage is one where the man is financially comfortable and the man has plenty of money. And he's a fine boy and he's handsome. And she has been sincerely conditioned for that. But what she wants for herself is not good. 
she will get to the point where the person that will actually be a better person for her she will miss the person you can have been conditioned in the church to be told that the platform for doing ministry well is when you are a pastor so in your mind when you are thinking of doing ministry you can only picture yourself standing in front of people and God will not have you stand in front of people yet or even ever based on our situation in space time you know I was telling you guys what platform is platform is your allotment in space time all of us cannot head local churches all of us it's not possible except we want to all go to China and spread around Afghanistan and Iran and go and do ministry and the people we convert to become their pastor all of us yeah unless we want to start having churches of one do you know that you don't believe you don't believe look at these spiritual people look at it they're looking at me this pastor is preaching heresy yes all of us cannot believe pastors it is not possible unless you want to have a church of one in 2.4 billion pieces <laughs> but someone has been conditioned that ministry is unless I'm the lead pastor meanwhile God will have you minister in that local assembly serving people so what you want can be objectively wrong that's another place where faith is important you must understand the leading of God because when you say the leading of God it kind of constrains the way people are thinking and you see you see now it constrains the way people are think the way people think about the way God gets us to do his will in, his, in our lives how our path in life our track of doing the purpose of God for us how it happens and it limits the mentality of most people in their consciousness to think of it mostly as an external information that comes to us to direct us this is the reason why you must understand faith in doing the will of God. This is the reason why you must understand faith in being effective in doing the purpose of God for us. Hallelujah. There are people, listen to me well. This is where God, one of the, there are many places, but this is just another one example where God is now our meet. There are places where God will order someone's steps purposely and they will find themselves desiring it that they will be in a materially low platform and that will be the purpose of God for them to stand in that place to do something because there is someone in space time that the trajectory of their life will intersect with that person's own and you will see people that when they begin to listen and understand the purpose of God they will find that in their hearts they will say I want to be a nurse and they will be coming from a culture where they said everybody must be a doctor. If you're not a doctor, if you're a nurse, nurses are for those that don't know anything. Doctors are the place they want to be. And you will see someone that has all the capability and God will order your steps to be a nurse. And you will desire it. And all the challenges that come with the platform of being a nurse, God will order your steps. You will overcome it by faith. And you will find yourself in a situation where you will save the woman who will raise this, her son in Christ and that son will become the minister of the gospel to Afghanistan in 10 years to come. Say you know that work you have done is more than the work that many people are doing that they feel like they are doing something. Do you know that? 
I wish I can put this thing in my heart, the way it is in my heart, and just put it to people's head. See, dream purpose is by walking in faith. And this is what faith is. Let me show you what faith is. Let's start from Mark chapter 11. This is probably the most powerful, uh, popular scripture that is used to teach faith. Mark chapter 11. From verse 22. And Jesus answered them and said to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever, somebody say whatever, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you, oh, look at verse 25, that's not what I'm going for today. Let me start from verse 24 again. I tell you, whatever, somebody say whatever. Somebody say whatever three times. You ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and you will have it. So, from all that I've said now, if your mind is here, hmm? the way we have come to understand this scripture over time is to believe that anything there is nothing that the power of God cannot do hallelujah somebody say there is nothing that God cannot do so when the Bible says whatever <laughs> oh my God if I if you have believed that you want to be the owner of your own law firm that is having the retainership for NNPC Slumbaja Make sure all the big companies in Nigeria, multinationals, GSK, all the big, it is your firm, you are the lead partner. If you can believe it, whatever, see whatever. Ah, oh God, you're not saying whatever. You don't have faith. <laughs> whatever, oh wow. If you can pray, if you can believe it in your heart, you will have it. Ah, praise God. You know, at many times, people have actually taught us, and correctly so, that faith is actually working in the will of God. But there's a lot of going back and forth on it. Somebody can say with one breath that faith is believing God on his own terms. Faith does not begin except the will of God is known. Papa Higgins taught us that. Faith begins when the will of God is what? Known. And so you can emphasize how that faith is actually the will of God. Right? And then you now get to this scripture. I'm telling you how people, these things actually thought. And I've seen this thing happen so many times to many people preaching faith inside one message. They will preach that faith is the will of God. Faith is, begins when the will of God is done. And then when they're now going to the end of the message, you now open the scripture. And now say whatever. So they will now say, see, if the faith is strong enough, you can get things to become the will of God. That's where it lands. <laughs> Do you understand what I just said? So, such that, Sam, what's that example that you gave me the other day? That is, someone said, uh, uh, This is the, what is the love of God that the will of God is that. Uh, is, uh, uh, yes, uh, thank you, you daft So, someone says, 
this, uh, this is the confidence that we have. That if we, ask, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So someone else said, actually, what that scripture means is that if we ask anything, comma, according to his will, he hears us. So if I ask anything, because God loves me, it will become his will and he will hear me. Somebody say Shanda. So I have heard, I have seen this thing happen many times. Where people will say faith is knowing the will of God. And then when they now get to this point, they will now say, if you can believe for whatever hard enough, if you can be, if you can believe beats, you do a giddy and believe that whatever, it will become the will of God. Then you start seeing examples like Hezekiah. And seeing examples like um, the Syrophoenician woman. You say, Hezekiah, God has said, it don't be so for you. The guy turned to the wall and prayed. As Isaiah was getting to the court, he turned back and said, God said, because your faith is strong, 15 more years. You say, faith moves the hand of God. Faith, he moves the hand of God. He said, a foolish woman, God said, ah, no. Jesus said, no, nothing. And then, she now said, even dogs. I just said, your faith is too much. You know what? I changed my mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The creator of the heaven and earth changed his mind. You're on your own. Hmm. Amen. And so, when you look at this scripture, and to be honest, if you are faithful to this scripture, and you want to stay in the context of this scripture, that's why when people talk about reading in context, eh? There's local context and then there's larger context. I hope you know. People talk about context a lot. If you look at the local context of this scripture from Mark 11 a lot, alone, whatever is not qualified. Church, I went together. Or let's want to be, we have to be honest. Whatever in this place, the local context of this is not qualified. Whatever means whatever. And there's no place in this entire scripture where Jesus tells us whatever means according to his will or something, something. In fact, the best quali- qualification of whatever is actually uh, whenever you are praying, forgive, which is a verse that is not even in many manuscripts. Church, I was together. I hear what I'm saying. So the whatever here locally is not qualified. But let me show you where this mistake has been made by a lot of people. Do you want to hear? Do you want to know what whatever really means? Do you want to know? Are you sure? I'm not nodding your head very well. Not this I can know that you want to know. Okay, you want to know. Luke chapter 14. There is a principle. Luke chapter 14 from verse 34. There's a principle that Jesus reiterated over and over. And I'm going to read many places where Jesus reiterated it. So that you can understand something about one of God's important value system at the basis. So you can see the larger context of that chapter. Luke chapter, 30, chapter 14 verse 34. Salt is good. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use, therefore, for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus said, open your ears for emphasis. When Jesus says, let he that has ears, let him hear. That means Jesus is saying it times ten. It's like chorus. Jesus said, 
We are singing a song and there's something time stand in front. Eh? That is the meaning of let it as yet. It means hear what I'm saying to you very well. Let me tell you what he's saying to you very well. It's if salt has lost its taste, it is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. So a salt that has lost its taste should be thrown away. Are we together? In the three years that Jesus walked on the earth, I have plenty of reason to believe that he didn't say this thing once. Do you know why? When Jesus was teaching all this, this particular part, he was teaching it in the context of a message that he was teaching about parables. One of his first messages on the Beatitudes, he said the same thing. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Ah, what, what is this phone doing to me? Matthew the motel. Just taking me to second Corinthians. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be what? Thrown out. And to be what? Trampled under people's feet. Hallelujah. To be what? Thrown out. So God begins to explain a principle here. When salt has lost its taste, it should be what? Thrown out. It should be thrown out. The way God sees salt is that, because Jesus is the express image of his person, we have seen God when we see Jesus. We are beholding as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Moses brought the law, but Jesus brought grace. So we know God. God is telling you that if salt does not have taste again, it should be thrown away. This same idea, this same principle, look at Luke chapter 3. John the Baptist, to let you know that John the Baptist is the greatest of all the prophets. Look at what John the Baptist said. Luke chapter 3, verse 9. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruits is what? Cut down. Church, are we together? You guys open your Bible, though. Every tree that is that that does not bear fruit is what cut down and done what thrown into the fire. So a tree that does not bear fruit is going to be cut down and thrown into fire. A tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and is thrown into fire. So salt that is useless should be thrown away. A tree that is not bearing fruit should be what thrown away. Again, Matthew chapter 7. Jesus now speaking. Matthew chapter 7, verse 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the what's fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their what's fruits. So any tree that does not bear fruits is what? Thrown away. This is God's value system. This is God's principle. There is no place for useless things. That's why when God says and when Jesus tells us that the rich man now said I have made money. I don't, I'm not, I'm not doing anything in my life again. It's only to be eaten. Jesus said bam, 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 bam. Please give me my life back. I don't want because salt that does not taste is what? Thrown away. A tree that does not bear fruit is what? 
slowly. Listen to me. The mere fact that you are alive means that you are bearing fruits. Yeah, like I just said. As I people that be telling you that you have not entered purpose yet, you enter purpose when you become something aligned to you. Church, do you understand this principle? John chapter 15. This particular scripture has been a scripture that the theologians have been debating for, for years. But this version I'm reading is called the ESV, European Standard Version, right? And a lot of the theologians, William Craig, N.T. Wright, and all those people, they're going to actually recommend these versions for you. Why? Because these versions was written, these versions and translations were done when there was a lot of um, advancement. When there was a lot of advancement in um, textual criticisms and study of Greek manuscripts, right? Where a lot of manuscripts have come out, we have we know a lot more about the history and the context of things, right? We know a lot more, and so these translations were done, right? And this particular scripture has always caused problems because there's a word here that, in different contexts, can mean two different things. It's just like Yoruba, there are a lot of words like that that can mean two different things and everything. But read and let's see what the context is actually saying, and let's look at the entire process of everything that Jesus has been saying since morning. John chapter 15 verse 1. I am the true vine and every f- and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. This is what the EFZ says. And every branch that, that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit already. You are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. That take away there, it has been debated many times that it actually means um, to take up, so to speak. Right? And uh, when the vine dresser takes up a vine, that what it actually means is that it enables the it, it enables the vine to be more and everything. But a lot of um, what do you call it? A lot of textual critics actually tell you that no, based on the context, based on the use of the word kiniko kiniko and the kiniko kiniko, conspiring Herodotus manuscript or when you use the same word something something, they will tell you that the word here is to what take away. So that's why you see NSV, NIV, ESV, ESV, the newer translations will actually insist that it is not take up. It is what? Look at the local context. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. To be fair, I've been wrong about this before. I've said the otherwise before. But thank God we are growing in Christ. Amen? Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus says that if you abide in me, if you are in me, you are bearing fruit. Jesus equates abiding in him to bearing fruit. Church, all together. And then he now says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and what? Burned. So Jesus says that those that don't abide in me are the ones that are what? Taking away. If we look at the local context, what it means is that those that don't bear fruit are those that don't what? Abide in me. But you are in him. Amen? Are you not in him? If you are not in him, raise up your hand. We have um, new converts, service, meeting after service. Praise God. Church, out together. So if you want to stay with the local context, either way you want to debate it, you can't share debate number, part number six. However, six. And what is verse six? Ultimately means that, see, if a man is not abiding in Christ, he is not bearing fruit. And God will do what? Take him away and he will be born and he will wither. At the end of the day, 
whether or you are both sides of the word Iro, at the end of the day, the conclusion is this. A man that is not bearing fruit, that is not abiding in Christ, will be what? Born away. And it lines up in a straight line with all that we have been reading from the beginning. That when salt does not have taste anymore, it is what? Thrown away. When a tree does not bear fruit, it is what? Cut down. Now let's go back to Mark chapter 11. Do you guys see where I'm going yet? Or I should still explain. I should still explain. Okay. Mark chapter 11 verse 12. On the following day, Mark 11 verse 12. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see it if he could find anything on it. But when he came to it, he found nothing but what? Leaves. For it was not in the season for what? Figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. So Jesus came to a fig tree that was not what? Being fruit. And then he cursed it and said, You will die. Because if they say you're not going to someone will to eat from you again, what does that mean? You will die. So he used, what? He used his mouth to do what? Cut it down. Now verse 20. And as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree wither the way to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up, and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will come to pass it will be what done for him therefore I tell you whatever you ask in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be what yours what was Jesus using to teach them faith the tree that he spoke to that withered isn't it Jesus has qualified whatever in this place Jesus was using the events of him cursing the tree to teach them faith. Why did Jesus curse the tree? What was the faith of Jesus in cursing that tree based on? Jesus was telling them that just like I cursed the tree, you also, if you say to any mountain, be moved and it will be cast into a sea, it will go. So Jesus was telling them that whatever is based on the example that I give, isn't it? What is the example that Jesus gave? What was the example that Jesus is using to teach them faith? The example that Jesus was using to teach them faith was God cutting down with his word a tree that was not bearing fruit. A tree not bearing fruit is meant to be cut down based on the will of God and all the word of God. So Jesus was cut, was cutting the fig tree based on his word. If I did what I just said. Jesus caused that victory based on what? His word. Is the same Jesus that said salt that does not bear fruit, that does not sweet, should cut away. A tree that does not bear fruit should be what? Cut away. What he was doing to that fig tree was not wickedness. What he did to that fig tree was fulfilling his word. What is his word? A tree that does not bear fruit should be what? Cut off. The understanders of geography and the distance, the commentators told us that 
if a fig tree is bearing leaves, it means that fruit should be there. So the fig tree was not bearing fruits when it was meant to be bearing fruits. It was not in the season, right? It was not in the season for figs. However, the, the tree was bearing leaves when it shouldn't be bearing leaves. So if you are bearing leaves, you're supposed to be bearing fruit with it. But it was not bearing fruit. Then God, Jesus said, the word of God must follow. Jesus has said it, it must be settled here and whatever. So when he said nobody will eat fruit from you, Jesus was not being wicked to the tree. What was Jesus doing? Fulfilling his word. Shay, do you understand what I just said now? Do you understand what I just said now? Jesus did not just wake up and say, I want to wicked this tree so that I can use it as a teaching curve on faith. That my, my faith is strong. I can just decide to cause a tree and the tree will die to show them my power that I am the son of God. To show them that I am to let them know that I am your lower so I will just cost this, cost this tree so that they can know and they can take. What did Jesus say? Jesus caused that tree in fulfillment of his word. That any tree that does not bear fruit should be what? Caught away. So when Jesus now said, just as I did, you do also. He was not saying any mountain. He was saying based on my word. Any mountain that you are speaking to, the whatever you are speaking to, just like the fig tree, must be based on what Jesus has said before. All the faith that you see in Hebrews chapter 11 is based on what Jesus, what God has said. Really and truly, faith is only effective in fact if the faith does not believe in what Jesus has done or what Jesus what is the will of God it is not faith did you hear what I just said now so the larger context of Mark chapter 11 is that a tree that does not bear fruit based on God's word should be cut down did you hear what I just said now what does that mean in the pursuit of purpose and listen to me and listen well this is one of the things that you will find. When you have the right value system, when you are filled with the knowledge of the will of God, right? This is how it follows. This is how it goes. Whenever you are full of the knowledge of Christ, when you are full of God's value system, when you are purpose-oriented, this is what happens. Let me show you a scripture. John chapter 11. John chapter 11, I believe it's uh, verse 9. See, Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not what? Stumble. Because he sees the light of what? This world. If a man is walking in the day, you are not expected to be falling on the floor. Right? Because you can see, isn't it? Verse 10. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him, not because there's no light around. So Jesus says, if you walk in the day, eh, you're not meant to stumble, we understand that. But if you walk in the night and you stumble, it's still your fault. Do you understand that? Did you get what I just said? Jesus says, if you walk in the night and you stumble, you are still not meant to stumble in the night. 
So in the day and in the night, you are not meant to stumble. Why? Because even if you are walking in the night, the Bible says, there is a light in him that can prevent someone from stumbling. See what I just said now? So a man can walk in the night where everybody, have you ever been in a house when they put off the lights before? Um, and I'm not talking a house, I'm not talking about a house that you are used to. Because that's even a very good example. If you are used to a house and you have internalized that house, the way blind people internalize how, you know, the way blind people can internalize their, their surrounding. Do you know you can live in a house that is dark and not stumble if you are used to the house? Do you know why? Because the picture of that house in light is inside you. Did you hear what I just said? The picture of that house in light is inside you. That's why a blind man can live in a house and never stumble if they are used to the house. Why? Because the picture of that house is inside them. So what makes people stumble is when there is no light inside. So a man can get to a point where his path in life, in walking in the purpose, purpose of God, can be internalized that he will never stumble. This is how believers are led. This is what it means to be led by a believer. This is how to walk in purpose and to do much for Christ. The believer ought to get to the point where the light of God, and by the light of God, it means God's value system, the internalization of God's way of doing things are inside of you such that you can walk without stumbling. So you don't even need, in quotes, for the Holy Spirit to be holding your hands and be telling you, this is good, this is bad. If a man is inside, if the man, if the man has the light of God inside of him, if he has God's value system inside of him, if he has the knowledge of Christ inside of him, one thing that happens is that the man can actually be navigating this world and never stumble. He does not need the Holy Spirit to tell him, do this and do that. Listen to me, and I want you to hear what I'm saying very well. That's why you will see many believers, including me also, that have good marriages and they did not hear Samuel, this woman is your wife. It's called the light of God what? Inside. You would not hear what I just said now. You can make decisions about the kind of jobs you will get and applications. You can make decisions about the way you'll be going about things. You can get to a point where the, the platform you desire to do something will be right and you will not stumble. Why? Because if the light is what? Inside. The man of God, the child of God, now has the Holy Spirit resident inside. And I've been saying this thing for years. If you are a believer and you are still hearing voices from outside telling you what to do and what not to do, go and see your psychiatrist. Men of old can be telling you every time examples of how they were hearing God speak to them and they heard a loud voice. That's okay. Right? Because they did not have the Holy Spirit. Man was not one with God. So when God is sending angels to you, the angel is not inside you. The Bible says that no man has ever seen God before. So we know that God was sending angels to men of old. If an angel is going to talk to you, what, is it not from outside you here? Is it not from outside you here? Till now, if an angel wants to talk to you, you will hear it from outside. But listen to me. If you are a child of God and you have the Holy Ghost, and you are hearing voices outside every time, there's a problem. Did you hear what I just said now? Because the light is meant to be where? On your inside. What is that light? It is God's value system. And this is what happens. So listen to me. You don't need to be worried and be stressing yourself and say, Lord, I've not heard your voice about whether I should apply for this job. Lord, I've not heard your voice whether this woman is the woman I should marry. Listen to me. 
when a believer gets to a point where the word of God is full on his inside, he's a man that is in fellowship with Christ and he has God's value system. These are the things that will begin to happen. You will not stumble. Let me use common examples that can get to people's minds. You will see a sister. Because you have God's value system, that sister is already pruned in your mind. The things that are contrary to God's value system, you already see it. You will not even bother. When you are being moved by lust because you have God's value system, you know. You don't need the Holy Spirit to tell you this sister is going to finish your money. Because when you see her already being materialistic and rating men by the abundance of things that he has, you know, I'm not talking about just having the word in your head. I'm talking about when the light is what? Inside you. When you yourself have gotten to a point where you really and truly believe that the life of a man is not in the abundance of the things that he owns, you will see a brother. And the fact that that brother has money, nobody needs to tell you that there's something wrong with him. That there's, some, there's nothing wrong with him. Do you hear what I just said now? By yourself, the way things will even appear to you will already be shaped by God's word. By yourself on your inside, you will not be stumbling. You go to certain places and you, you know you get certain jobs and applications and everything. You apply for certain things. You don't need the Holy Spirit to tell you, apply for this job, don't apply for this job. If you're a man that has God on his inside, one thing that you will find is that your steps are in line with the steps of the Holy Ghost. Because the light is on your inside. Many of the people that give us examples of how they believed God for big things and those things came to them because they believed God. They will make it sound like as if it was their whatever. But no, that's not actually their whatever. Because many of those people are actually people that are in love with God. And they have the right value system. I'm talking about the good ones now. Because no man knows the things of a man. So I'm very sure there will be some bad examples. But what you see many times is people believing God in response to the things that they should be doing. So what they are calling whatever is not whatever of whatever. It is whatever in the will of God. Do you hear what I just said now? Their story sounds spectacular because those things look like big things to external people. But in the scheme of things, it's not really big because it was in the will of God already. That's the way God does those things. It will look like, it's, when God does those miracles, it will look funny because it's so easy. That is if, if it is the will of God, it will be done. He works all things in accordance to the counsel of his will. Hear what I'm saying? This is the spirit behind constantly praying in the Holy Ghost. This is the spirit behind maintaining yourself in the love of God, staying in prayer, staying in God's word, staying in the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. What you are doing is that you are keeping the light, you are keeping the fire aflame inside alive. Do you know your values can change? You that be a believer. Do you know that? You can actually have the right values. I listen to Pastor Sam and you have the right values. And you will travel to Canada and be interacting with the wrong kind of people. And then the next thing you start saying things that you didn't have to say before. Do you know that? Then you start stumbling. You start making mistakes. Look through the New Testament. Is it not instructive that when we look at the people that are our examples in the scriptures... You don't hear them saying things like, um, 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 
The Holy Spirit told him to do this, and the Holy Spirit told him to do that. You don't hear them saying things like, "You want to do something, I want to." You don't, you don't hear that. You see people doing things, and those things being recorded as examples for us. For a believer, and listen to me very well as I'm about to say this: If you're a child of God, and the light of God is inside of you. Everything in your path of purpose is always a green light until it is a red light. What that means is this. If the light of God is inside you, hmm? if the light of God is inside you, just like a man walking in a house that he's used to, but if taking light, everything you'll be doing will be what you are meant to do. When you get to the point when you are not meant to do things, do something, a red light will show up. You yourself will know there is a war here. Do you hear what I just said now? Do you hear what I just said now? But, so I cannot tell you. Believe God for big things. Believe God for anything. He will give it to you. That's why that's this message of believe God for big things is not for everybody. It cannot be for everybody. I cannot be telling you, believe God for big things. Believe God for big platforms. Believe God that you will be CEO. When in your own mind, the big things are the value of a person. God will not give you in Jesus' name. Are you hear what I'm saying? I cannot be, it's not for everybody. If I'm telling you, and listen to me, because we'll be saying this thing many times, now if I'm in a believer's meeting and I say, believe God for big things today, I don't want you to be, this when the church just started, so let me be laying foundation. I don't want you to be imagining that what Pastor Sam is telling you is that, just believe for anything you like. What I'm telling you is, if you are, if the light of God is inside of you, eh? That thing that is the will of God, no matter how impossible it looks to you, believe God for it because God will do it. It is the will of God for you. I hear what I'm saying. So this is what faith does. Faith constrains us and it liberates us. Hallelujah. Faith constrains us to the will of God, but it liberates us to do impossible things. Hallelujah. Because faith is making us to agree with God. It constrains us to do things within the will of God, but it also liberates us to do things that even our eye, our eyes, our minds cannot imagine. Faith constrains us and it liberates us. So listen to me. This thing is something that must enter your spirit. It is not the motivational speaking of men's wisdom because it will not work if you don't understand it. Believe God for big things. Believe God for gifts. If you get to a point where you see the will of God that needs to be done, Believe God for the gift requires to do it. If you need money to do something, trust God. Who that says to this mountain will be cast into the sea? Do you understand? But it must be in the will of God. I do. I don't know how to be saying. I want to be saying to believe God now, but I don't want to be qualifying it every time because it will make the message long. She people have understood that been since. So can I move on? Are you sure? Right. So believe God for big things. Believe God for big things. Believe God for all the things that you need to do much for God. Believe God, no matter how big it is. God has done crazy things in the lives of people. Things that you can never believe that. So God, can, God has done it. See, there's nothing 
no matter how big and no matter how wide you can think you, you are you, you born you are born in Ibadan all your life for you know is better of the gates and you'll be perceiving and be seeing things on international skills that you don't look strange to you believe God for it God can do it God will do it believe God begin to take steps in that direction your steps are ordered your steps are ordered by default if you need to take certifications to do it do it if you need God to provide money for you to do the certification trust God the money will come that's how it's done you take it step by step at every point in time you are not esteeming yourself by how much money you have you're not looking at other people and esteeming them by how much money you have you are focused on what God will have you do be taking the steps one after the other one after the other every service you come to you get a word of encouragement that stabilizes you you go in that week with that encouragement and you do more you do more you know you take your steps day by day you get through a period of a couple of months or even a few years that it seems like as if nothing is happening you are stable in god's word because you know that where you are right now you are doing the purpose of god and god is not done with you you will do yet more you will continue you continue to persevere listen to me in the will of god there's nothing about god's will that will not be fulfilled some just take time, but they will be done. I was explaining in some prayer meetings like two weeks ago, was I explaining to you that most everything in this material universe they take time to manifest. It's not the day that a man sleeps with a woman that they conceive, so you know, and it's never the day they conceive that the, that the child comes out. There is nothing that happens overnight. Things take time. So even in the same way, when you supply the spirit to things, those things take time to be changed to where they're supposed to be. So a period of something not working is not proof that it's not the will of God. You will know you will stay there. See, there's a fulfillment of it. That is how it works. That is how to fulfill purpose by faith. You stay in the will of God, you believe things, and you keep going for them. You will never get to a point where you sit down and fold your hands and not do anything. You keep going for it. You keep going for it. You don't back down. That's why a man that is in the will of God, a man of faith, does not give up. You keep at it. You keep at it. You keep at it. When it is not the will of God for you, if you have the light inside of you, you will know. So that's not the problem. Stop saying to yourself, I've not heard the voice, I've not heard the voice. And you are giving excuses for not doing what you should do. You are giving excuses for not doing what you should do. You continue in it. And that is how over time, when you look back at your life, you will notice that at every point in time, you have no regrets. Every once in a while, I imagine this thing. But every once in a while, I look back at my life and I think to myself, do I have any regrets about what I've done for God? And I discover that for, since I became myself and I've been conscious of myself, I have no regrets. And that's where you should be also. That at every point in time, you have given yourself to doing the will of God for you. Every level that you are, every platform that God has given you, give yourself to doing the will of God. And take it on a step-by-step basis. When you do that, hmm, one of the things that you notice in your life, that people will be asking you things like, this thing you did in your life, give us the secret on how you achieved it. And your honest answer will be, I don't really know. Because you will not really know because everything that you have been doing will be just by walking by faith. 
people will ask you, how did you know you're supposed to do this business that turned out to be so All I know is I was just living by faith. Church out together. So believe for big things. Don't be scared. You want to do masters in international something, something, something. You do it. There's no money. Trust God. The money will come. Both of us have been dating. We've been dating for three years. We want to marry our social social dates. It is not the will of God that a man should born. Amen. The money that we need to do it, trust God, the money will come. Hallelujah. It's the will of God. Believe God. That's the mountain. The many mountains standing in the way of the purpose of God. Believe God, it will be moved. It will be moved. Hallelujah. Believe God. Believe God. That's how to do the purpose of God. If you are not walking in faith, if you are not trusting God, adversaries will cage you. You will be a platform. You will just be there, not be doing anything. There will be platforms that you are supposed to enter. They will block you and you too, you will shame back. If you get to a place where you are meant to do something and there are adversaries, you will believe God to take care of them and they will be taken care of. The power of God to remove them will remove them. The power of God to enable you to suppress them will be there. Whatever you need will be there. So, see, listen to me, OTC. You must never get to the point where theology will be choking you and you will forget how to believe God for things. You must never be word biased, you must be action biased. Any theology that is not active, any working in faith, any reconciling values, any reconciling the world or reshaping values that you are doing, that you are not active, that you are not doing stuff, is not anything. You do stuff, you get things to happen. At every point in time, you be courageous and be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. If you want to get things to happen, be bold and to do them. Hallelujah. Oh, I wanted to explain something, but there's no even time. I think we should just close here. I wanted to explain to you how the examples of Hezekiah and the Syrophoenician woman were the will of God. All the demonstration that happened in between, between men asking and not asking, is actually men asking for what is the will of God already. Long before Hezekiah came, from the prophets that came before Isaiah, from the time of Amos and the guys that were prophesying to the northern kingdom, they had already said that Israel, the northern kingdom, will fall to the Assyrians and the lower kingdom, Judah, will fall to the Babylonians. Everything that was playing out between Hezekiah and God giving 15 more years, which his son now later did, and they opened the doors so the Babylonians come and see the temple, and then they now fell, and after it was Hezekiah's son, everything is just following what has been said before. Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear what I said now? Everything about the Syrophoenician woman was the will of God. Everything, the example that she gave, that even the dogs eat of the children's food, was her trying to communicate that I know the will of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Church, I was together. Has someone been blessed? Let's bow down our heads and let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. 
For more updates on our programs and audio messages, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at This Excellent Church. God bless you. Thank you.